0: Hey friends, welcome back to Fig and Farm at Home. Just recently, I was having a conversation with a friend about her tiny home. Not a tiny home that you see in the pictures or the magazines, not that kind of tiny home, just a regular home that is tiny. (laughs) She's living there with her four kiddos and her husband, and she chose it intentionally. But as she was saying, gosh, I wish it could work better for me, it made me wonder about all of you. It made me think, hmm, I wonder if you are living with a small space. Maybe it's not a tiny home, but maybe it's a small room and how we can use those rooms and decorate those rooms and lay out those rooms for our advantage. So that's what we're talking about today. Four tips to utilize your space well, even when it's not a whole lot. All right, sit back and relax and enjoy today's show. We grew up with the phrase, home is where the heart is. But our culture has shifted and now the message is, home should be Pinterest perfect. I'm calling BS on that message. Home, it's not about the stuff, it's about the story. And whether you know it or not, your home is a reflection of you and is already saying something. So what is it that you want it to say? Hey, I'm Danny, a former first grade teacher turned home decorator. Going from a dual income to a single income so I could stay home with my babies meant budget, like ramen eating, Goodwill shopping budget, And I learned a few things along the way, like how to bring big style to your home without breaking the bank. And I'm sharing it all with you. Tips, tricks, decor, and design advice so you can learn to tell your story with your style. Where you can start living free from the Pinterest perfect trap and start living a life of intention. Welcome to Fig and Farm at Home, where we design happy living and where it doesn't have to be perfect to be beautiful. I remember living in our very first apartment it was probably about 700 square feet. It had a great room, a great meaning a long rectangle where we could have a dining room table as well as a couch. It had a teeny tiny little galley kitchen. It had a bathroom that had a stackable washer and dryer and a bedroom, teeny tiny. There was enough space for both of us, but if we would have had a kiddo, it would have been tight. We moved well before then, and as we moved, we upgraded in size of homes. We moved across town, and we had considerably larger space for just two of us. And then we moved again. We moved all the way across the country from Washington to Iowa into a little townhouse. Two bedrooms this time. (laughs) We were moving up in the world, and we didn't quite need a second bedroom, but it's what it came with. And we moved again. And as we moved, we expanded our family. And then one more time. How many times is that? Have you been counting? We moved several times. And as each move happened, our homes got bigger and bigger and bigger. Of course, our family was getting bigger and bigger and bigger too. And as you can imagine, as you move into bigger spaces, you accumulate more things. I remember our closet in our first home in Iowa. It was a double door closet, a sliding door. It wasn't a walk-in closet. And it was built, our home was built in the 1950s. So it was cute and cozy and it was like a a cottage. In fact, I remember that was the billing that was on the real estate paper, the cottage home. And it was. And we had plenty of clothes for us that fit in a double closet. And I'm pretty sure my son has the same size closet today. But as you move, your space expands as well as your things. But what happens when you go backwards? What happens when you start with something a little bit bigger and you go a little smaller? I'm hearing that trend more and more. I'm hearing the desire for less space and less stuff. And I'm seeing the transition happen even in friends who are choosing intentionally smaller spaces so that they don't have to manage their stuff they can manage their life and the life that they're living is bigger than the space that they have. But you might even still be living in a big space with a small room. You might be decorating and living in a home that is smaller than you might want it to be. So what happens then? How do you do it? And how do you do it? Well, that's what we're talking about today. So if I just described you and your living situation, grab a notebook, grab a pencil, and let's take some notes. Because there are four things that I think you can consider in order to live large in a small space, whether it's a tiny home on wheels or a tiny room in a big home. The first thing, and this is always my recommendation before you decorate your home anyway, but especially important when you're working with a small space and that is to consider the amount of things you have and to remove the excess. Now why is this important in order to just decorate in general? It's important because sometimes when you have the desire to make change in your home and you're seeing all of the flaws that are in front of you but you're wanting to make it pretty we'll say sometimes the thing that happens is that you're actually seeing the stuff without identifying it as the burden itself. And when we start decorating around the excess of stuff, all we're doing is creating the illusion of pretty or put together or delightful or fill in the adjective that you want it to be when we haven't addressed the core issue. But this is especially important to address when you're living in a smaller space, because what you want to have is room to breathe. You want to have room to have the room or the home work for you in the way that it is intended to work for you. And it can't do that if you are constantly fighting the stuff. So step number one, remove the excess. And in removing the excess, making sure that you develop a rhythm or a routine in order to keep that excess out. Tip number two, scale and sizing matters. It matters really when you decorate any room, but when you have a larger space, oversized or overscaled furniture, it can be a little bit more forgiving. Not so much when you're working with a smaller space. One of the things to avoid when you are working in a really small space is overstuffed furniture overstuffed furniture for me is a no-no anyway, but it doesn't necessarily mean that overstuffed and getting rid of that means that you're getting rid of comfort. There are plenty of pieces of furniture that have cleaner lines without having the heavy-weightedness that the overstuffed does, and they're pretty comfortable. Working within the parameters of a smaller-scaled room means smaller-scaled furniture. Now, it doesn't mean petite, but it does mean you might have to compromise on the length of couch. If you have a pretty narrow, pretty small living room, going for a 105-inch couch might not be realistic, but an 85-inch couch, fantastic. Thinking about how much walkway, how much room you have to move around is really important before you make purchases, especially with a smaller scaled room. What often happens anyway in just in general is that we get intrigued and we get motivated to purchase things without thinking about how it's going to fill up proportionally within the room. So one thing I always recommend is before buying anything, move some furniture, put down some blue tape, put down some jump ropes or some scarves or some socks to outline the physical space that that piece will represent once once it is in place. Now, I really like to, if you can, move furniture, because furniture, it's really one thing to be able to see the outline of the the shape on the floor, but it's another to see maybe where the outline of the couch will be in the idea of a chair sitting there. Because I can easily walk around in a small space when I see the outline on the floor, but once I have a corner that I might hit my knee on or I might hit my hip on, it makes it a little bit more realistic. So if nothing else, outline the floor, the the size of the couch or the chair or the piece of furniture you want to bring in and then put something kind of big and bulky like a, an armchair or a dining room chair or a box something bigger and bulky on the corners and then walk around it for a little bit walk around it for the afternoon walk around it for a day or two and see how it how it flows how you flow in the room And some of you may already be thinking, but I need a lot of seating. I need a lot of seating. And so I have to have a bigger couch. Well, maybe, but here's something to think about. And this goes into tip number three. Tip number three is to be really mindful when you're working with a small space, to be mindful of ways that furniture can work for you in multiple ways. So maybe I don't need a bigger couch because the couch won't fit my space, but I definitely need more seating looking for furniture that has multiple uses is a great idea for small spaces so in this case in this case where you need more seating every once in a while but you don't have space for a bigger couch what about buying a coffee table that has extra seating stored underneath that's an idea What if you had room for a console table behind your couch and you could put the little poofs or the little cubes that you can sit on underneath? They're tucked away when you don't need them, but you can bring them out when you're having a little, when you need a couple extra spaces for people to sit. Or instead of buying the wood coffee table that you're so drawn to, what if you compromise and you buy an ottoman that is upholstered so that that can be a comfortable seat for, for guests when you need it? Or maybe it's not just one ottoman, maybe it is two upholstered benches to make the illusion of an ottoman so that they can be pulled out in order to create extra seating when you have your book club at your house and you need extra seating throughout the room. Thinking creatively and outside of the box so that your furniture works for you, not you working for your furniture, is really important when you're working with a small space. Some other ideas... If you have kiddos and kiddos have toys, what about a coffee table that has storage inside? What about a credenza that has, instead of storing all of your extra china that you don't use, what if that becomes toy storage? Thinking about the way that furniture functions for you and your family before you purchase it, thinking about the needs of your room and your space, the limitations that you have already set in line just by the parameter of the floor, is going to help you make better decisions when you think about how you want the room to function for you. So if you're working with a small space before you purchase anything, think about how that furniture can do one or two or even three jobs for you and your family. And if it can't, if it can't do more than one job for you, maybe you need to think creatively and, th- and pick another piece of furniture. All right, tip number four, Go vertical. When you have a small floor space, you can't really expand outward, but you can go upward. Are you utilizing the walls in a way that is to your advantage? Do you have big bulky pieces of furniture that are going lengthwise and horizontally across the floor, or are they going vertical? In your dining room, do you have a credenza or you have a hutch and do you know the difference <laughs> a credenza is usually a sideboard something that has if you can imagine a dresser like piece of furniture but it is longer in length it doesn't necessarily have a top but if you need more storage you have that same floor space but going up in the form of a hutch could be a better use of your space using the height to your advantage having shelves having bookshelves is also something that is going to be a great use of your space. What are some other ways that you can go vertical rather than horizontal? Be mindful of that as well as how does that piece of furniture that you're bringing in, even though it will take up real estate on the floor, is it still functioning in multiple ways for you? Is it doing more than one job for you or is it just doing the one job? As we think about going vertical and you're living in a tiny space or not, Think about how you can go vertical in places that are hidden, like bathroom cabinets, kitchen cabinets, pantries, closets. Are you just using floor space or hanger space, or are you using space that is, or is there space that is unused? One of my very favorite ways to optimize space in both the kitchen and the bathroom are to use risers in my cabinets, even sometimes in the drawers. So be mindful of any wasted space and how can you go upwards and not just outwards. And I told you that I only have four tips, but I actually have five. When you're working with a tiny space, especially a tiny home, how can you use the outside to your advantage? Do you live in an area where you're able to be outdoors a few seasons out of the year? And if you are, how can you create more living space outdoors? Allowing your outdoor space to become a natural extension of the indoors can be as easy as putting out an outdoor rug and a couple chairs with a little coffee table. Maybe you have more room for even a small outdoor couch and a dining set. Whatever it is you have, making it comfortable and a natural extension of the indoors could be a great way to make your home feel like it is serving your family in a way that is best for your lifestyle making sure to bring out umbrellas so that you have shade and that you want to be out there even in the heat of the day giving as much attention to the outdoor space as your indoor space with things like layers and depth and texture and height things that bring nuance to your design and create a cozy feeling a cozy space will entice you to be outdoors as well as indoors all right friends I hope you enjoyed those five tips for really living large in a small space. And if you have tips that I didn't share and you would like to share them with us, come on over to my Facebook group and share there. We would love to hear how you utilize and make the best of your small space. Until next time, I'll see you soon. Friend, I was at HomeGoods the other day standing in the pillow aisle and I overheard a conversation. And that conversation was someone talking to her friend saying how overwhelmed she was in just choosing a couple of pillows for her home. And it made me wonder if that is you too. It made me think this could be any number of you standing in the pillow aisle, standing in the paint aisle. Heaven forbid you're picking out tile for your bathroom floor. The choices can be so overwhelming when we hear words thrown at us like boho, farmhouse, industrial. What style are we? When we are surrounded by pictures on Instagram and Pinterest and thinking, how can I make that appear in my own home? Will it work? I see you trying to make those choices, but worrying about making a mistake, worrying about wasting money or wasting time, wasting effort that could be spent elsewhere but wanting the desire all the same. I see you and I hear you loud and clear when you ask questions, which metals go with which metals and which curtains do I need and where do I buy the things? I see you and I hear you. Friend, what if I told you that making change in your home can happen with as little as an hour phone call? What if I told you that starting an action plan costs less than your last trip to Target? What if I told you that you would walk away from a one hour phone call with a decorating action plan that has multiple steps that you can do today in order to move your design needle forward? Oh, and by the way, it doesn't have to cost a lot. Design does not have to cost a lot. If you have a $500 budget, awesome, we can play with that. If you have a $3,000 budget, awesome. We can play with that. If you have a $25,000 budget, awesome. Go find another designer. I am not for you. (laughs) Friends, I am serious when I say you can make change in just one hour. I am serious when I say you do not have to spend a whole lot and you might already have the pieces in your home, so let's start playing with them. Decorating SOS phone calls were designed with you in mind to answer your specific questions for your specific home. Because friend, you don't live in that Instagram picture. You don't live in that Pinterest picture. But if you want something to feel and look similarly while representing you and your family and your story well, I encourage you to book a decorating SOS call so we can get started on your design action plan, your design action plan, not the person behind the Instagram picture, not that one yours. Friends, I have 10 decorating SOS calls available every month and I want one of them to be yours. So go to figandfarmathome.com forward slash book a call. You can find it in the show notes.